Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. If you have your Bibles today, open up with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And today we're going to begin to talk about the faith of Enoch, or I really want to title it, Hit by the Ball. And really, no church will go beyond its pastor, and no pastor will go beyond their faith. And if a, if a church or a pastor or a person, a leader, a man or a woman, or a young person, if you want to live a significant, powerful life, an influential life, then you have to live by faith. And many people think the opposite of living by faith is doubt, and that's not so. The opposite of living by faith is living by certainty. Look at your neighbor and say, by faith. Everyone say, hit by the ball. You'll know what that means in a minute. You know what's amazing? When it comes to uh, Hebrew 11, it is the hall of fame of the heroes of faith. And many times we think it's how to have faith. And I believe that Hebrews 11 is not a how-to chapter, how to have faith, but it is a chapter, how to have the God type of faith. For example, you really cannot have a chocolate cake if you don't have chocolate in the cake. If you have lemon in the cake, you have a lemon cake, you don't have a chocolate cake. And I stand before us today and say it is impossible to have faith without having a God experience. But when you have God in your soul, in your mind, in your life, you will have the God type of faith. And supernatural things will begin to happen. Awakening Church is a powerful church, a significant church, and an influential church. Can you say amen? Let's begin to read. We're going to read from verses 1 to 4. Then we're going to skip down to verses 5 and 6. Everyone shout out, by faith. faith. A little bit louder now. Come on, you're from Rhode Island. My goodness, you're not from California. Give me one more. Uh, That's it. Here we go. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were made of things which are not seen or not visible. Then we go down. This is verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and he was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, this next verse is some of the most powerful words in the entire scripture, and I have literally based my life on these words. It's one of my, it's not my favorite scripture, but it's one of my top five scriptures in all the Bible. It says this, that he pleased God, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he, not was, not will be, is now is a portal. Hear me, Awakening Church. There is right now a portal into God. And if that portal's open, the supernatural's here, healing's here, miracles here, provision is here, salvation is here, revival is here, awakening is here. Come on. 
that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let's read from the message. It says, the fundamental fact of this existence is that this trust in God, this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It is our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguishes us, our ancestors, and sets them above the crowd. By faith, we see the world called into existence by the word of God, what we see created by what we don't see. And now I want you to do this. Let's go to two verses, Genesis, and then we'll go to the book of Jude, an amazing, good-looking book. But go to Genesis with me, chapter 5, verses 22 and 24. We know about Abraham. We know Sarah. We know Moses. We know Gideon. We know David. We know very little about this guy, Enoch. And only a few words are in the entire Bible, but yet he is in this chapter, and he is a hero. Here it goes. It says, Enoch walked with God 300 years, and Enoch walked with God. He was not, for God took him. Then the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 14, now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his Saints, somebody say, by faith. faith. Look at your neighbor, say, hit by the ball. Uh, We have three boys, and Judas 30, John is 28, and Jake is 26. And they were all very athletic. In fact, uh, one year I think they were on 11 different sports teams. Now, all the boys uh, played baseball. And can you imagine, Jude was on a baseball team, John was on a baseball team, and Jake was on a baseball team. Now, Jake... Our youngest was the, really he was the best, the best baseball player of the three, and he loved it. He used to pretend, sorry, I know you guys are Red Sox fans, but he pretended he was on the New York Yankees and that he was Derek Jeter. And so I had come back from the East Coast. I was speaking at a youth conference, and uh, I always brought the boys to school. So I was bringing Jake to school. I dropped the uh, two olders at their campus, and I'm bringing him to school. And he's just been, oh, Oh, he said, Dad, he said, I I don't know if I'm going to be able to hit really good today. He goes, I have an injured shoulder. You'd have thought he broke his shoulder. How many of you have a kid that fakes an injury? That's my Jake. He'll fake an injury. Oh, oh, I can't move today. Yeah, right. You know, and so I said, Jake, I said, do you know who is in this car? I said, do you know who is in this car? He goes, yeah. I go, who's in the car? He goes, Pastor Jude. (laughs) And that's right. And Pastor Jude is going to take his Pastor Jude hand and put it on your injured shoulder. And God is going to heal your injured shoulder. (laughs) And so literally, I put my hand and he's getting ready to get out of the car. And I said, God, right now, I thank you that Jake has healed, this broken shoulder, this torn ligament is miraculously healed. I don't think it needed a miracle, okay? And, and so, and I said, and I don't know why I said this, but I want you to know this. Faith is not a formula. Faith is a relationship. Faith is because we have had a God experience. Faith is because God comes. And can I just say right now, faith comes and it does come. Faith comes not by following, but by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and obeying and obeying and obeying. Can you say amen? Well, that was a golf clap. If you want to clap, go for it. I won't restrain you. You make me clap. Oh, 
So I teach you now, and, and it's something about living with God. Everyone shout out the word faith. faith. Shout out by faith. By faith. And, and so I'm praying, and I'm just saying, God, heal his shoulder. And I kind of mean it, and I kind of don't, because Jake's faked another injury. And something kind of like a belch came out of my heart and through my mouth. And I said, God, thank you today. Not only are you healing Jake's shoulder, but he is going to hit a home run. Then he got more specific, not one of those little league home run by errors where they overthrow the first base, they overthrow second base, they overthrow third base, and then they get home. God, he is going to hit one of those over-the-fence home runs today that he will know that you are big and in charge. So Jake gets up to bat, and he looks at me, and I'm going... And if you're watching, you can see this if you're listening. And I did these motions. I was like the third base pastor. And, and I just went, I am praying. He goes, I kid you not. He gets up the bat, strike one batter. He almost starts crying right there. And he starts doing this with his shoulder. And I go. So I do this. I do the symbols again. I'm praying for you, you know, strike two batter. He's shaking. I go, praying for you. I kid you not, there was an angel in that outfield. He slowed that ball down. He came, Jake hits the ball. That little skinny angel took that ball and took it over the pitcher's head over the second baseman's head, over center field's head, and it went over the fence. All of a sudden, Jake's shoulder was miraculously healed. He runs around the bases like he's Derek Jeter. He comes around, the whole team comes out of the dugout. They're giving him a high five. They said, what happened to you? He said, my dad prayed. We started revival at the Little League that day. I had a line of young men want me to pray for Come on. Everyone shout out by faith. Say it again, by faith. Now, I want us to look at the first four verses in Hebrews 11. And please hear me, it is not a formula. It is a relationship. And I want to see, let's begin to define faith. And I can tell you this, faith, the absence of faith is not doubt. It's putting your faith in the wrong information. Are you with me? You see, a life that is not a life of faith is a life of certainty, but a life of faith is moving into an uncertain realm, but the God we trust is more certain than the realm we're now experiencing. Can you say amen? And so let's begin to read this. The first words of Hebrews 11, 1, it says this, Now faith is, say that with me, Say it again. Now, faith. now, I want you to really get this. Now, faith is. Now, please get this. Faith always has to be in the now. You see, hope is for the future. Anytime we put faith one second before right now, it becomes hope. You see, love is really for the past because how many of you ever did something wrong? And love covers a multitude of stupidity. Is that not right? But faith has to be in the now. And I'm really sensing right now over New England that there is a portal open to God and there will be supernatural things begin to happen. So I want you to say this with me. Say, now faith is, now faith is. 
a little bit louder. Now, it says this, going back up there, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I want you to circle the word substance. And if anyone who's familiar with English, when the English word has uh, the word letter sub, like, for example, substitute, it is a teacher that is under the teacher. If you have a subway, it is a train that is under the ground. If you have a submarine, my gosh, what is it with these sub words? It is a, it's a vehicle or a vessel that is under the water. Now, I, I want you to get this. Everyone say, now faith is, now faith is, is the substance. Okay, no, we're going to do it. You guys are fun. Say, now faith is the substance. Let's do it again. Now faith is the substance. I want you to know right now, we're facing many things in our nation. And what we're facing in our nation, whether it's a shooting in El Paso or Dayton or in a Jewish synagogue, it seems like in the last year, uh, our nation is almost forgetting to take her medicine and so many crazy things are happening. And really, I stand before you today, it is not whether it's this party or that party. Really, when it comes down to it, it's a substance. Now, uh, really, people say, Pastor Jude, your, your skin looks nice. Uh, I live in California, thank you. You know, they say, look at those biceps. And say, well, I'm 59, you're welcome, you know. But I, I want you to begin to get this. Really, it doesn't matter how great your skin is, how big your biceps are, what a wonderful smile you have. If you do not have a skeleton, then it doesn't, so you, everything else is cosmetic. In fact, without a skeleton, which is under the skin, your brain and heart will go where your rear end should be. And what's happening with the United States of America, we have removed the very skeleton that holds the brain and the heart of this nation in a proper place. In fact, every other organ and function in our culture is losing its way. It does not know its place because there is a substance, there is a substructure, there is a skeletal frame that holds everything in place, and that is this trust, this relationship, this faith in God. And what awakening is being called to do is to show Jesus to the world because Jesus is the author and the finisher of this substance. Come on. And without it, we cannot begin to think. And so faith is that substructure that holds our lives together. It's not just belief. It's not religion. It's not energy. It is the foundation on everything that holds life together. And Awakening Church will never have less faith than the pro, uh, former era. We will have a great faith that will touch the world. Can you say amen? Everyone say by faith. Say it again. Now, let's finish reading these verses. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Now, let me just say this. The elders, whether it was Abraham, Abraham was a liar. So he didn't have a good testimony. He gave his wife away to be sexually abused. And that's really bad. But yet, because he had a trust in God, he was considered righteous. Isaac didn't have a spine. Okay, Jacob was a liar. Uh, Lot, you say, why did they call him Lot? He's a lot of trouble, all right? Oh, you guys are smart. Come on. 
Lot was righteous, and he had a good testimony. When we have this faith in God, it's not that we're more moral or better than other people, but we have a righteousness that comes from Almighty God, and that is our story. Testimony means story. So my story isn't always good, but my story interlocked, interconnected with the story of Jesus Christ, and now redemption is in my story, and it's turned my story around. Can you say amen? And I love Jordan's song. I keep repenting, he keeps redeeming. I keep repenting, he keeps redeeming. That is our story. Amen? Let's go to the next verse. The next verse, and I really like that. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made by things which are visible. Everyone say, by faith. faith. Say it again. Now, when it says world, it's not the Greek word cosmos, but it is the word where we get seasons of life. This church, which was new life, which is now awakening, is entered into a new season, and it's going to be framed in. I don't know if you've ever felt like your life was falling apart. A frame keeps you together. And I remember uh, about now, over seven years ago, we just started the church in uh, Ventura, California. We were 18 months in. Uh, One of our staff members really did a bizarre thing. My wife was diagnosed with lymphoma. She was given one month to live if she didn't have treatment. And my world began to fall apart. They had a pastor come into my office and said, your wife is the fifth lead pastor's wife in the city of Ventura that's been diagnosed with cancer. All the other four, their wives have passed away. And I'm telling you, right at that point, my life began to fall apart. But all of a sudden, you've got to know something. I don't know what you're going through. You may say, I can't take it another day. My life is uh, losing its boundaries. I'm falling apart. But by faith, the worlds, the seasons, our lives are framed in how? By the word of God. And it does not matter what I'm experiencing right now. There is a God. There is a power that is higher than my circumstance. Come on. And I'm standing before you today. My wife in two months will be seven years cancer-free. Why? By faith. Come on, by faith. Come on, by faith. Come on, by faith. By faith, the word of God frames my life. By faith, the word of God, when the devil's trying to unravel me, by faith. By faith, when culture's trying to tear me apart, come on, by faith, I'm framed in. I got you, boy. Come on, I hear God saying, I got you. I'm bigger than your circumstances. I'm bigger than your mountain. I'm bigger than your trouble. By faith. Come on, somebody. God is bigger than your mountain. God is bigger than your problem. God is bigger than you. Everyone say, God's got me. Look at your neighbor. Say, by faith. No, you may be seated. My gosh, my gosh. Now, everyone say, faith. Then say, face perspective. Okay, now get this. <laughs> that was hard for you. That was almost like an algebra problem. You go, face uh, perspective. You make me laugh. You make me laugh. Uh, this story is as old as time. My God, that sounds like the beauty and the beast. <laughs> There's only two perspectives. Please get this. Doubt is not having faith. It's putting your faith in the wrong information. Please get this right now. What's cataclysmic in the United States of America, if you could only hear me, and by the way, I am so proud of this church, Jordan, Samantha, and of many of the young leaders, how you went to your state's capital and you became a voice for those who have no voice. Unbelievable. 
Now get this. Really, there's two worldviews. It's a perspective. One worldview is a faith in God. It's called a God worldview. Another worldview is a secular worldview, and we have a faith in ourselves. I have an acquaintance that's Jewish, and she's 96 years old, and she called me on the phone. She said, Pastor Jude, I'm getting ready to die. Do you have any sermons, any books, any blog on dying? I'm afraid to die. And I says, well, you believe in the God of Abraham, don't you? And she said, of course, of course. And she began to quote the Torah, and the most famous Hebrew writing in all of the Torah Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And she began to quote that. I said, do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? She said, of course I believe in God. And and so I I want you to go to Hebrews now 11, and let's look at verse 5 and 6. Look at verse 5 and 6. All right, it says, by faith Enoch was taken away so he did not see death. And was not found because God had taken him. Why? Why was he taken? He said, for before he was taken, he had the testimony. What was his testimony? It wasn't that he was cute. It wasn't that he was perfect. It wasn't that he was righteous in and of himself. His testimony was that he pleased God. Go to the next one, verse 6. Without faith. Say that with me. Say it again. Say it again. It is impossible. To please God. For he who comes to God, and I mean anyone can come to God, you must believe. And so the mission of our church, we exist that anyone can believe. I mean anyone. But it's not just believe. Get this. Must believe that he is. Everyone say God is. Say it again. God it was God, it will be. Our God is the God of Abraham, and our God is right now. Come on. And so it says he must believe that he is. Well, wait a minute. The devil believes God is, and he trembles. He has a church experience, but he goes on. Some people say Paul wrote Hebrews. Others say Apollos wrote Hebrews. It does not matter. God will give you the increase right now. And so it says this, when he comes to God, he must believe that he is, and that, get this, and he is a rewarder. Say that with me. He is a, say it again. Say it again. Unbelievable word. It is an umbrella word. I don't know why whoever wrote it chose that word, rewarder. He's good. He's merciful. He's compassionate. He will do for you what you can't do for yourself. He's not a punisher. He's not a judger. He's not angry. He's not temperamental. He's not mad. He is a rewarder. My Jewish friend, I said, do you believe in God? Of course, of course, of course. Then I asked this simple question. Do you believe he's good? Got quiet. No. I can never believe that. My family was ripped out of our home in Europe because of the Holocaust. We'd go to London only to see it bombed. I would move to America. I would become a nurse. My first husband would pass away. Then my second husband would pass away. What about child trafficking? What about disease? What about war? What about terrorism? I said, so all the evils of our current age, you have put on, there's two parts of this ledger, God and man. God and humanity. So you put all the evil of our time and history on God's side. Yes, 
I said, what about penicillin? What about antibiotics? What about the dawn of surgery? What about a great, after a great natural disaster, humanity, communities, church comes in hell? That's man, that's man, that's man, that's man. I said, you see, you have a great faith. You see, your faith is in man. Your faith is in humanity. But there are some of us that have put all that we are putting our life, the skeletal frame of our existence, that there is a God. And no matter what's going on in my life, my nation, my world, my generation, he is good. And I believe that. Come on. God is a good God. God is a good God. I'm going to say it again. God is a good God. And something good is going to happen to you today because Jesus Christ is coming your way. God is a good God. There is no badness in God and there is no goodness in the devil. God cannot be God, I mean uh, bad, and the devil cannot be good. Say it with me. Our God is a Shout it out one more time. Our God is a Woo, come on. What Jesus are we going to show to the world? A temperamental Jesus? A Jesus who's on vacation? A Jesus who punishes? No. We are showing him a Jesus that is good. Can you say amen? You may be seated. My gosh, I only have a few more minutes. You're taking up my time. Everyone say God is good. I was coming back from uh, L.A., and I stopped at my favorite Mexican restaurant. It was so packed, and I wanted some tacos and carne asada. And, and so I sat down. They only had two seats at this bar, and I was just eating. And this gentleman came up and said, may I have this seat? And we started talking. He was a baseball player with uh, the Dodgers, the Oreos. And we just started talking, married. He had three children. And I said, do you believe in God? He said, of course. He goes, but I'm not religious. This is Californian. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. You see, I can't tell people in California I'm a pastor. It would be better to tell them I own a medicinal marijuana clinic. <laughs> Once you say pastor, he's like, oh, no, you know, he got up and left. And so, and, he, and I go, I'm spiritual too. And then he goes, my dad's Jewish and my mom's Pres uh, Presbyterian. I go, my gosh, Moses married Calvin. Come on. And so I go, you believe in God? He says, of course. I say, yeah, I believe in God. I asked him a question. I said, do you believe he's good? I kid you not. Do you believe he's good? He goes, well, he said, I think God is like the Republicans and the Democrats. I thought, man, I want to hear this one. <laughs> he said, you know, the Republicans, they have a few good things, but they have some bad things. And the Democrats, they have some good things and they have some bad things. He said, you see... I think God's like that. He has some good things, but he has some bad things. Go ahead. Open this book up. There's no fine print. This book is not a contract like when you buy a used car that you have to write, uh, read the fine print. 
This book is written in large letters. And the promises of God come from the person of God. And all the promises of God in Jesus Christ are yes and amen. God is not an infomercial where he overpromises and he underdelivers. He overpromises, he overdelivers, and every bit of God is good. He's good in the morning, he's good in the evening, he's good in the midnight hour, he's good in the valley of the shadow of death. He is good. Come on, our God is good. And I'm not going to put my trust in a God that is moody, that's halfway good and halfway bad. No, God is good and good and gooder. Come on. Can you say amen? Everyone say hit by the ball. Say it again. One thing I don't want Jordan and Samantha and you guys in this new era of awakening church is to try to hit the ball. They think Hebrews 11 is how to have faith. It is not now, let me just say this. Every person mentioned in this chapter, it says this, by faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice. You see, it says by faith, then action follows faith. Action never produces faith. It's only followed by faith. So it says Abel offered a better sacrifice than his brother Cain, and he was accepted and considered righteous. Noah, everyone say by faith. By faith. Say it louder. By faith. You say you say? By faith. by faith, it says this, Noah, divinely warned in a dream, built a boat. That was weak, but we'll go with it. <laughs> Abraham saw a builder and maker whose city belonged to God. Moses left the Egypt and went and dwelt with the people of God. Sarah received strength to have a child. That Gideon literally fought an entire army. Now, wait a minute. Every one of them, they had faith in an action except this guy, Enoch. Remember I told you about Jake? <laughs> so many times when we begin to think about faith, what do you need today? And it's like we're trying to hit the ball. We're trying to hit the ball except for Enoch. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken and he was not seen because the Lord took him. Now, you know what's funny? Jude, our oldest son, is actually the best athlete of all three boys. And he was the best baseball player. However, he was the worst batter. And he, he would strike out and strike out and strike out. They had three men on base. It's Jude turned the uh, bat. Becky has the entire stands praying for our son Jude. But because she's from Louisiana, not Rhode Island or California, she just went, went and told Jude, just let the ball hit you. Come on, is that not good? That's a, that's a South Louisiana mama. Boy, just put your foot out there. Get on base. Let's win this game. You see, a lot of times we think faith is hitting the ball. But you see, Enoch, it was a passive action. He got hit by the ball. And that ball was the ball of a good God who's good 24-7. And when that ball hit him, he became really the pinnacle of this chapter that he had a testimony that pleased God and our testimony that pleases God isn't that we get we hit the ball but the ball God Almighty hits us and as a result there's an action that follows that changes the world can you say amen thanks for listening to the awakening podcast we hope this message has encouraged you if you want to learn more about our church visit us online at awakening.global we'll see you soon